This week on Access Louisville, we're talking about two big commercial projects from one of Louisville's best-known developers. After that, we've got to talk about this deluge of Papa John's happenings. It's going to be as good as garlic butter. Stick around. Thanks for joining us. My name is David Mann, and joining me today is Brooke Timmons. Howdy. Marty Finley. How's it going? And Haley Cawthon. Hi there. Access Louisville is a weekly podcast of Louisville Business First. On this show, we bring you the latest news and the sharpest opinions on this city we love, Louisville, Kentucky. But before we do that, I'm going to start this show the way I always do with a difficult question for our panel. So guys, a hot story on this week's, on the website this week, is a story about the state fair performers and how much they were paid. Can you guys tell me a state fair concert that you've been to over the years, and maybe tell me a little bit about it? And I'm gonna start with Marty. I probably can't tell you about an individual concert. I haven't been to one in about 25 years. Sorry, stay fair. Um, but uh, my, you've been to other concerts. You just hadn't been. Not to been to stay fair concerts. Sorry, in so, twenty five. Not to to clarify. I haven't yes. either. But tell me a story about. One. So, but growing up, uh, my my parents were country music mega fans. They sort of chilled out as they've gotten older, but uh, they traveled around quite a bit. We went to Nashville a lot to shows. Uh, we went to Fanfare a lot. That was what the CMA Fest is now mm-hmm. in its early days. But we would go to the state fair every year. We would usually stay here about three days in town and uh, you know get a hotel and and I just remember seeing like Vince Gill and Reba McIntyre and others I can't tell you much about any individual concert I remember some lightning because I think they Were used to do them in Freedom Hall. your fingers in your ears the whole time? Uh, probably you... I was fairly young <laughs> there was a lot of lighters you know back then yeah that's what we did I think everybody then. just waves their cell phones now yeah but uh, <laughs> much safer and I don't think lighters you probably just get tackled if you brought a lighter anywhere probably it's probably, it's probably like a terrorist but uh, yeah I remember some lightning like as an effect digital effect for one show I can't even remember who it was so they kind of these memories all kind of blend together but all right. I spent a lot of time in Freedom Hall. Haley, save fair. us from, from this. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I can save you, but I'm going to tell you about the one that got away. Um, so I have been to the Indiana State Fair. As you guys have probably already heard, I'm an Evansville native, and so I've been to the State Fair in Indianapolis before, but I have never watched a show, a concert performance at the Indianapolis or Indiana State Fair. But I was very close to going to see REO Speedwagon, and it was going to be a dream come true because I love Aria Speedwagon, and it was a free concert. Um, the friend that I was supposed to go with bailed out on oh me, oh and no. so I never got to go. And um, I'm still sad about it to this day. All these stories are sad. So <laughs> I mean, I best I, I better round out the uh, the sad stories with my sad state fair story. So um, I've never been to a concert at the state fair, and this year I tried to go to my first one, and we were going to go see Lauren Daigle, and showed up, and they were at capacity. <laughs> so well, it's sad, that's sad for you. But happy for Lauren. Yeah, Daigle. yeah. It's a, that's so. a, it was a great thing that there were that many people there. So we ate our feelings in a funnel cake and uh, yeah. walked around and looked at some some cakes and some livestock. 
So my first concert was a state fair concert, and it was the Goo Goo Dolls and the Gin Blossoms in like. Ooh. The oh, it continues 90s. with the sadness. <laughs> I like oh, the Goo Goo Dolls. Iris <laughs> no, 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 is a no, good no. song. No, no. I, don't get me wrong; it's it's some good, some Actually, good guilty I would pleasure music. Of those two, I would prefer the Gin Blossoms. But I like uh, those two. <laughs> I had but deep I only cuts know one of the Goo Goo Gin Dolls when I was songs, in like high school, so, so I. I can name two Goo Goo Dolls songs. Name an Iris. And only one Gin Blossom song, which is Hey Jealousy. <laughs> oh, that's a great song. I think Name is still a good song. <laughs> I think Internet. Iris is still a good song. I do, too. I don't remember Iris. I do remember Um, Name. I think Black Balloon was my jam back in the day. Oh, you've yeah. gone too far. Oh, Deep Cuts right here. <laughs> yeah. You dive three songs into their <laughs> Deep Cuts. <laughs> yeah. Their third. <laughs> three songs in. We're too far gone. <laughs> that is too many Goo Goo Dolls. Please eliminate two Goo Goo Dolls songs. Uh, anyway, that was a terrible question. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> no one had an answer for that. Um, it's at me. I mean, I went to shows. I you just can't remember anything just, about I like figured you would have one because you said that you, you went to the St. Bear every year. Yeah, but I was like six. I mean, did you so. see Reba sing Fancy? That would just I'm be sure a dream come true. I remember just the red hair. You know, flock of red hair. <laughs> red hair and blurry moments. All right, I'm moving on. Moving on from this tire fire. Uh, <laughs> Let's talk about uh, this new uh, development that uh, developer Kevin Kogan has in the works. Marty, you wrote a story about this today. So what's Kevin Kogan planning? So, yeah, there's a, a parking lot. If you're, they've ever been to Slugger Field, you go out and look. Basically, there's a parking lot there, surface lot. Right. Uh, Kevin Kogan, through an affiliate, his company, Jefferson Development Group, he's owned that since about 2008. There was actually an 18-story office building proposed there years ago. Got approval from the city and was never built, so it stayed at the parking lot. Uh, we did a story a few years ago about the most uh, valuable parking lots for commercial Oh, yeah, development. that was a great This line. was in the top five. Yeah. So oh, this is right, a site right, right. that was yeah. among the most valuable. You know, we got a lot of surface lots. We've talked to people who say there's a few that could make for good commercial development. So anyway, he's moving forward with the project to be mixed use. to be about 11,000 square feet of commercial space. So you're probably looking at a retail restaurant. Mm-hmm. And then about 343 apartments. Mm-hmm. Uh, he does a lot of apartments. He's done the Vonings out at Hurstbourne, which is one of the Nasser mm-hmm. apartment complexes yeah. in the city. Uh, of course, a project we're going to talk about in a few minutes, One Park has a lot of apartments. So mm-hmm. residential commercial is kind of his thing. He mixes those together. Mm-hmm. The thing that stood out for me is it's eight stories, and it's going to be over 600,000 square feet of space. So, um, you know, that's a lot of square footage right. that you're fitting into that space. So uh, it'll be a big project. Most of his projects are big, a little bit on the ambitious side. So Yeah, that's what he's kind of known for. Yeah. So um, let's see. Is there a lot of need for commercial development in this area? I'm trying to think of what commercial is over there. I can't think of a lot. I know there's a lot of apartments over that way. So yeah, I mean, you've you've got parts of that are, that are developed. Um, there's kind of a mis- mismatch there. You've got Slugger Field, obviously. You've got mm-hmm. you know Angels the, Envy, right? Angels Envy. It's actually right next door to Angels yeah. Envy. So you've got some development. True. You've still got some buildings there that have that are kind of um, underutilized. So from everything I'm hearing, though that East Main Corridor that kind of blends into Nulu. Mm-hmm. And now Nulu's sort of blending into Butchertown. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's still some need there, still some pockets you can feel. Yeah. And like I said, this is an area that brokers, developers have been looking at and have expected to be developed for a few years now. It's almost as if we're living in a big city with a thriving urban growth. Right. Yeah. <laughs> that's, <laughs> now weird. Okay. that's weird. That's weird. Uh, I don't know what to make of it. Uh, is it odd to see a developer like this take on two big projects? Is that something not that... Really. Uh, I mean, you see, you've seen this with other people. Maybe not to the scope of what they're doing, but yeah. you've got 
you know, guys like Underhills who'd usually have two or three fairly big projects in the works. You see out of, you've seen some out of state developers mm-hmm. that have had two or three large apartment complexes going at once. So yeah. uh, not really. I mean, he's done this in the past. One park too, as we'll talk about in a minute, has been scaled down. So it's not the, quite the, the behemoth that it was, but yeah. uh, I don't think it's anything too out of the ordinary. Yeah. Well, let's talk about one park for a minute. What is that? Where's it going? And uh, what's the, you just wrote a story on that. Yeah. Friday, so one so. park has been in the works now since about 2015. I think we were one of the first people, if not the first people to write about it. I met with Kevin about four years ago, I think at a Honey Brothers or a Panera or somewhere. And he shared this with me and just a casual conversation. And it's went to that to being a kind of a controversial project. It was uh, first had three towers, the tallest of which was 34 stories going in uh, Lexington Road and Grinstead Drive. So that little three acre triangle there if you've ever driven yeah. in that area yeah, off I mean, uh, right off 64 near Cherokee right Park near Cherokee Park and uh, kind of yeah. right right where a lot of people get on the interstate yeah there at 64. and uh, so that you know it, it's been through the design phase now for about three years there's been a number of these design meetings held over near the area and um, so now in April we saw a drastic downsizing it went from the largest tower being 34 stories to two of the towers being removed yeah, and now the largest tower, the really the only tower remaining, being 18 stories. We're one tower short of Mordor. I guess. So, <laughs> so uh, they had that meeting. It was, of course, one of the big concerns was the size, the height, the density. Mm-hmm. So that being downsized did help some people, but there's still some people that feels it's just too big because yeah. it's still a fairly large project. It's just not as tall as it was. Um, I'll share this. Our readers don't think it's too big. I put up a one park poll. Um, Friday after yeah. you posted your story, mm-hmm. and I ask if we uh, ask our readers if one park was too big, and sixty six percent said no. <laughs> well, it's funny because I was tweeting before and afters at that April meeting. Yeah, it's like here's what it looked like. Here's the new rendering, and um, I, I had a lot of people tweet back and say we were onto something and we blew it. Yeah, we, oh. we really had. Yeah, yeah see, I'm, there's something I'm just, something great here, and now it's just sort of a apartment complex with a tower. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was great when it was 34. So, I did too. So, and I drive that way a lot. Yeah. I How would pe- you guys feel if it was in your backyard, though? I say build it, and I maybe that's because no one will ever build anything in my backyard. I just and I don't have a backyard, traffic. so yeah. let's do it. <laughs> so there is a you know there's there's like three people that that are fine with it as it is now. There's the people that still hate it, still don't want it to happen, and then there's that group that yeah. feels like, man, we really blew it. We should have kept, yeah. stuck to our guns. Now, obviously, you would have to change the street up there. I think you can't just build that and keep the street the way it is. They would have to, you know, make some traffic. Yeah, they were talking about that. But traffic, they were going to do that. Traffic's been a big sticking point there. There was actually a road diet plan that I think was shrinking Lexington Road a little bit there. So they were talking about some how, how could they do the access points where it would put the least amount of restriction on people and congestion. Um, and there's actually the traffic study is supposed to be finalized this week for the new develop. So we'll know a little bit more what it's going to look like. Um, but, uh, you know, that's probably the biggest now that the hot's not as big an issue. Yeah. Traffic will be the big thing. I think people will be talking about at the upcoming public hearing, which we just wrote about, which is going to be at kick on uh, September 30th. It's a Monday, mm-hmm. 630. So I expect that to be one of those top golf six hour marathon. Yeah. Meetings. We're yeah. still there at midnight. Thank you for uh, maybe. getting the Top Golf reference in the so. show. I think uh, <laughs> so, uh, if we don't mention Top Golf. Uh, I, I don't know what we're doing. So. so anyway, I mean, one park and Top Golf. Those have been the two big controversial yeah. projects of our age they here have. in Louisville. So, but yeah, we'll see. I mean, I, I do think traffic will be the number one issue with this one. It ain't gonna be lots of noise like with 
Top Golf, it's going to be traffic. Well, they have 24 ounce beers at one park. Uh, well, I mean, I'm sure there'll be a bar there of some <laughs> sort, so probably. Yeah, or I'll we'll just order two 12s. Um, <laughs> Can you stack them on top of one? Yeah. Yes. Um, let's see here. Let's switch gears and let's talk about um, the Papa John's news this week. I reported this morning that Papa John's has a new CEO. Uh, he's coming over from Arby's. Um, and Haley reported just yesterday about um, John Schnatter, the, the founder of Papa John's, um, coming, uh, basically selling off a lot of shares, $30 million. So, um, Haley, uh, you've been looking at what uh, John Schnatter still owns in Papa John's. How much does he have left in the company? So, John Schnatter owns about 4.78 million Papa John shares, which is a 16.7% stake in the company. That's a decrease from his 30% stake in the company. He actually had about 9.4 million shares before he started selling them off in May. And so in May, he sold off a good portion of that. I think he sold maybe a little bit over 3 million at Mm -hmm. one time at the end of May. And then he entered into an agreement not to sell anymore to because he was going to oversaturate the market with shares. Um, so he entered into an agreement not to share anymore until August, and here that period is over, and, and he has he resumed selling. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so <laughs> last year, or not last year, last week he alone, he sold 750,000 shares for a profit of $31.2 million. Yeah. Um, quite a big chunk of change. and Good day for him. Yeah, and so he's still in a recent statement he actually noted that he is still the majority stakeholder in the company which i couldn't figure out a way to confirm that um but it's interesting and um analysts expect him to keep doing that until he no longer has any stake in the company yeah i i kind of think that's the case um that's what analysts are predicting although we'll get to this in a minute but uh he still seems very interested in what's going on in the company or at least he's still very vocal about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So, so um, last night I had a late night, um, not only working on an updated Papa John story for this um, selling saga, but also because I went to the Vote Awards last night, which is another story that you should check out on our website when you have time. But since I work so late, David filled in for me this morning and kind of took over some breaking news. Um, yeah. Bloomberg had reported that there was a new CEO in the works for Papa John's, and then David followed up on the story this morning and got some fresh news on the new appointment. So, David, what do we know about this new guy? Yeah, so, uh, yeah, it's funny you mentioned the Bloomberg thing. That was about midnight we heard from Bloomberg that this was going to happen. Then about 7 in the morning we hear from Papa John's that, yeah, it's happening. So the new guy's name's Rob Lynch. Uh, he was formerly president of Arby's, um, and uh, he's been credited with uh, some some of the turnaround that's taken place at Arby's during the last um couple of years he is uh he's got a marketing background he's the guy that came up with the we have the meats slogan so if you do like it or don't like it that's the guy to blame um i was trying to look for some numbers oh yeah 16 consecutive quarters of same store sale growth at arby's during his tenures there so it looks like he's kind of uh you know experienced at uh these turnaround type things and that's probably why the board picked up on so um, I wasn't, I guess I wasn't terribly surprised to see that the board uh, picked someone new. Um, Steve Ritchie has been there for a long time, and 
you know, they did just bring in an activist investor who uh, is adept at turning companies around. That's what they do. Uh, what did they call Starboard Value? Is yes. That, yeah, that's the company that, uh, yeah, they they bought a, a big sh chunk of the company earlier this year and uh, and have experience with turning around things. I was surprised that this new CEO got installed effective immediately. So they didn't really give Steve Ritchie any time to exit. And in the news release where they announced this, they didn't um, they didn't Include really say much. <laughs> they, yeah, it was just like, uh, we thank Steve Ritchie for his 20 years with the company. And the end. <laughs> then <laughs> the moved end. on, that's all they said. So I, I put in a line that, uh, that in my story, that they really didn't say what was going to happen with Steve. Obviously, we've reached out to him to find out uh, what's going to happen with him, but uh, not sure if we'll hear back or not. Sometimes there's uh, non-disclosure agreements or uh, non-disparagement agreements in these, and uh, he might uh, he might not be willing to talk at all about the company. So uh, we'll keep our fingers crossed on that one. But um, but yeah, wh what did you guys think of the way Steve Ritchie was treated in this one? It seems like he, uh, um, you know, kind of, I don't, I don't want to say he got the boot, but man, they, they just quietly shoved him out the door. It's kind of like, thanks for the memories. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so in case you're not familiar with Steve Ritchie's background with the company, um, he started with Papa John's in 1996 as an in-store team member. So he literally started from the bottom of Papa John's and worked his way up from general manager to trading general manager to vice president to mm -hmm. a franchisee he owns 27 midwest region papa john's locations he still owns them that is unclear yeah, we at this time okay. <laughs> like that might be in we're probably going to see some some uh sec filings that will in the coming days that. yeah yeah so but we hadn't seen any of that stuff yet. but he so has a very long history with the company and it just kind of seemed surprising and maybe a little cold-hearted to me to just like not even mention him in the capacity that he served right, the brand. Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So he took over basically after Papa John's went into crisis mode. Well, actually it was before that. I yes. spoke. Yeah. He took over right after uh, Papa John's. January was, 2018. Right. And it, it was kind of in the midst of after Papa John had said something. About uh, the NFL. About the NFL. Yeah. John Schnatter said something about um, – uh, the the NFL uh, anthem protest, and uh, that got uh, caught fire on Twitter, and he, and people were really critical of him. And around that time, Steve Ritchie, who had been there for a long time, I think he was president at the time, maybe maybe something else. I'm kind of going off memory there, so don't hold me to that. But he he was an executive with the company at the time, and he ascended to the CEO role. Uh, then when uh, John Schnatter had kind of gotten the hot seat talking about the NFL. Um, Schnatter put out a statement today, um, not one to, uh, you know, uh, to sit keep quietly. quiet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Schnatter put out a statement today saying he was glad, uh, to see that, uh, um, that Steve Ritchie was out. He thought that the company had been poorly run under Steve Ritchie's, um, uh, tenure, even though he was the one, I guess that would probably picked Steve Ritchie. Maybe the yeah, they board were did. Pretty good friends at one time. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so yeah, they, they, he came right out and said, uh, good job replacing Steve Ritchie. I feel Ritchie. like this is where we need to like uh, start playing the Taylor Swift Bad Blood song like <laughs> underneath this. For real. Is there? I don't know. Yeah. So um, hope, hopefully we'll hear from Steve in a, a few days and kind of figure out what's going on. Or we'll at least see some uh, SEC filings that detail what happened here. So. 
Um, anyone else have anything else to add on Papa John's? It's something that is keeping me awake at night, literally. <laughs> yeah, literally <laughs> it yeah. actually was keeping you awake. Yeah. yeah um, luckily, I got uh, woke up at 5, and I think I saw the uh, saw the Bloomberg story, and I was like, oh, great. So it <laughs> made for an interesting morning for me this morning. Um, but uh, anyway, uh, I think that's all we have for our show this week. Before we close out, I'm going to go around the room and let our panelists uh, share their social media handles so you guys can get in touch with us on social media and Haley I'll start with you uh, you can follow me on Twitter at BFLU Haley that's H-A-L-E-Y and I'm also on Instagram and my dog is on Instagram which I post on his page probably more often than I do my own um, his name is Winston the Hoosier pupper and he is adorable and yesterday was National Dog Day if you weren't aware so big celebration for that I didn't celebrate that but that's that's sad I'll, I'll, I'll celebrate with my dog today <laughs> um, maybe take her for an extra walk who knows Marty hey, I'm on Twitter most active there at BFLU Marty make sure to tune in September 30th for the one park meeting I'll be tweeting for probably hours and hours and hours so yes. also, uh, I'm also late night on Twitter it sounds like <laughs> uh, also on LinkedIn and on Facebook so. Brooke so you can find me on Twitter at, at @bfluedesigner and um, my Instagram, um, which is where I'm most active, um, at, at @btimmons26. All right, and I'm on Instagram at dman3001, uh, and I'm on Twitter at bfluedavid. Um, so that's all we have for you this week. If you haven't already, we'd love for you to subscribe on one of the popular podcast services, that being Apple, Google. Uh, Spotify or others and uh, till then thank you very much panelists and thank you very much at home for listening till next time bye